going on, everybody? It's Fabs here, your uh, friendly neighborhood fantasy football analyst, along with the great, the legendary, the kingly, the handsome and debonair, Bob Harris, on the Believe Fantasy Football Show. Robert, what's going on, pal? How you doing, bud? Not much, man. It's conference championship week. Another week of, you know, for fantasy analysts, it's unusual to get to watch entire games all one at a time, you know, not the condensed versions on your premium pass or the, you know, the film. You do that while you're working on Mondays and Tuesdays and you're still not paying 100% attention when you're watching these games. And, you know, on Sundays, of course, we're consuming the red zone and we're hither and thither. This is good stuff, man. Watching, getting back and connecting to the game that got it all, you know, that, brought us into this hobby is is really fun watching the ebbs and flows the strategy that plays out in the course of a game uh ton of fun i really enjoy these uh these playoff weeks last week is going to be hard to top yeah we've got uh, you can argue we've got the four best teams in the nfl and and each conference yes that's including the cowboys that were not one of the two best teams um even though they were two seed won't get into that i think buffalo and the chiefs are very close and you know the nfl um at least from what some people would speculate want the chiefs here and in Las Vegas because of a certain singer uh, who may be the most famous singer on the planet. I don't know if you've heard of her. Her name is Taylor Swift. Um, I've already yes, had even, I have heard of her. Uh, <laughs> even Bob Harris is, right. even Bob Harris does as he is. Um, like, I feel like this connection is like just a great, I, you know, just like, I don't know. Like it, it's so good. It almost seems orchestrated. I'm not contending. It is. I don't think it is. Seems like a, a natural occurrence of some nature, but just, you know, the good fortune of the NFL to bring an entire universe of fans into a game and, and like, not just fans, but like truly fanatic fans uh, who will follow, you know, their star anywhere they, she goes and just uh, what a fortuitous circumstance for the NFL. And um, yeah, if uh, the chiefs win this weekend, uh, that would probably benefit the NFL. Not that they need more uh, people watching the Super Bowl. They already have enough. But uh, some people may think there's a conspiracy theory out there. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but um, let's see what happens this weekend. Uh, before we get into the program, Bob Harris, it is playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Say that five times fast. No. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Let's go through quickly some of the headlines. And really, there's only two big ones. And there's one really big one. And that is Jim Harbaugh, <clears throat> who is now the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Not a surprise. Uh, good to see the Chargers going out there and making a splash where the Cowboys should have and didn't. I'm not bitter. No. But Harbaugh going to LA could have fantasy implications. We're just not sure what those implications are because we don't know who the OC is yet. Well, and remember, but I, mean, I, go ahead. I think we, I think we could take a, you know, pretty good shot. I mean, we can go back to his time in San Francisco, very run heavy yet. The quarterback still made big splash plays. Alex Smith fared pretty well under him. All his numbers improved. The touchdowns were there. Mm -hmm. I think that's exciting. What do we have? The, you know, and the OC was Greg Roman. Yeah, Greg um, Roman at the, the four time. Four years in San Francisco. Who's but available? I just don't know that Greg Roman is like a good fit for Justin Herbert because Greg Roman <laughs> historically has had mobile type quarterbacks. Not that Herbert can't run, but they're not going to design runs for him. Like he had Colin Kaepernick. He had Lamar Jackson. He had Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. Like those guys are far more mobile 
Like you can run RPOs and design runs for those quarterbacks. You can't really design runs for Justin Herbert, but it is what it is. So I went back and looked. And again, we don't know who the offensive coordinator is. We could speculate that it's going to be Greg Roman because that was Harbaugh's guy in San Francisco, uh, his first time around as a head coach. The numbers were not great. Okay. Uh, Alex Smith was the QB 14 in his first year. Uh, in the following year, Smith and Kaepernick both started plenty of games. Kaepernick was QB 25. Smith was 29. The following year, Kaepernick kind of took over. That was in 2013. He was the QB nine. And then the next year, Kaepernick was the QB 16. So only one top 10 finish. And again, Kaepernick is a mobile type quarterback who ran the ball. Herbert's not that guy. And Kaepernick's passing numbers were not great. But again, we don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. If it's Roman, he may have to change things up a little bit. We'll find out. Well, maybe, uh, maybe, you, maybe you play to suit the talent at hand. I, I think you right, look at quarterbacks right. that, that, that Harbaugh's been involved with. Josh Johnson at the University of San Diego, Andrew Luck, Stanford, Alex Smith and Kaepernick, J.J. McCarthy most recently in Michigan. I mean, you know, he's done pretty good for all those guys. And you mentioned Smith. I mean, his completion percentage went up. Probably more efficiency because they run less. The, the offense is... The 49ers offense has averaged 23.2 points per game uh, during Harbaugh's time there. It, it was really run heavy. They ranked at least eighth in rushing yards under Har Harbaugh. So they'll find a lane and maybe deeper passes and a little more efficiency, but maybe the touchdown totals go up a little bit, if even if the total passing numbers go down. The thing to look for is who the running back will be uh, next year. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps and, a and, unnamed and that, rookie. Right, that's the next step, right? So Frank Gore was the lead back for the Niners in those four years. He had one top 10 finish. Uh, the other three years, he was RB 18, RB 18, RB 21. So not great. Not great. Wide receivers was gross. Um, in Harbaugh's first year there, Michael Crabtree was the wide receiver 27. Uh, and then he had Kyle Williams was the next best wide receiver at 92. In 2020, uh, 2012, Crabtree was 15th. Mario Manningham was 73rd. Not good. The following year, Bolden, Anquan Bolden was the wide receiver 15. And that was basically it. And then in 2014, Bolden was the wide receiver 18. Crabtree was 46. So uh, not great. Now, Vernon Davis did have success there. Vernon Davis was the tight end nine in 2011, 20 in 2012. Then he was the tight end five in 2013, then dropped down to 35 in the final year of Harbaugh's uh, tenure there with San Francisco. But Bob mentioned it. The Chargers are like 40-something million dollars over the cap. And so Keenan Allen could be gone. You know, they've got a potential opt-out on Keenan Allen this year. Austin Eckler could be gone. There's There's been reports out there that they will use that, that top pick in the first round on, on a wide receiver. They have Mike Williams coming off an injured knee. They've mm -hmm. got Quentin Johnson, who they drafted in the first round last year. They have Josh Palmer. Uh Bob mentioned they probably will have to draft a running back to pair with Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Gerald Everett's a free agent as well. So the changes are going to be uh, plentiful in LA. So not really sure what sort of fantasy impact Harbaugh is going to make and, until we find out who the OC is and what the talent is. I think he's uh, more, I mean, this is more a great NFL move. They're going to start winning right away. I mean, that's Harbaugh's MO is turning things around quickly. He did it with San Francisco with the college programs he's at. So, I would expect a quick turnaround. And however they need to do it, defense seems to be the likely focus at first, though. Right.
Uh, the Titans also hired Brian Hall Callahan to be their head coach. Um, not as flashy a move, but I don't know. I'm I think it's good. Flashy. Yeah, I think I think it's good for um, Will Levis. Eh. I I just don't know what the personnel is going to look like. Is Derrick Henry back? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think I, I think they need to. You know, they're they've got they have one of the worst offensive lines in football. They need to upgrade that, and maybe Bill Callahan, his father coming along. Uh, Brian's dad, a former Raiders head coach, great offensive line coach, currently with Cleveland Browns, expect to come. Maybe he can improve that offensive line a little bit, but they need new personnel there, and they need to upgrade their receiving core. If you're a dynasty manager out there and you're getting excited that this is Traylon Burke's big chance, I don't know if Will Levis is still the right guy, but Callahan has a great history working with quarterbacks, going back to his time in Denver with Peyton Manning. He was in Detroit for some of Matthew Stafford's best years. He was with the Raiders and Derek Carr's 4,000 yard passing season. So there, you know, and then obviously on to Cincinnati working with Joe Burrow and Jake Browning kind of came out of nowhere and was a, a more than serviceable play when, when, uh, when Burrow was out. So, I mean, if you believe Levis can develop into something, they've got the guy to develop it. Yep. Which is a good thing. Um, Questions all over the place, though, as Bob mentioned after that. Uh, let's move on, Bob, to the injuries for the weekend. There are not a lot. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has a toe. Some would say he has 10. Uh, one of them is injured. I think he's going to play. Uh, the big question mark is that, is that wide receiver with Debo Samuel on the shoulder. Uh, very questionable, Bob, I would say. Um, what yeah. are your thoughts on Debo playing this weekend? Uh, has yet to practice. I, I feel like this one's really dicey. He, remember, he, this, this is a recurrence of something. I, I believe a recurrence of something that happened earlier. He definitely would miss some time with a shoulder injury or earlier, spent some mm -hmm. time on the sidelines. So you wonder if that was fully healed or if this is just a kind of something, a compensatory thing. But whatever it is, it was a good pop. Uh, they thought it was his head. I think he's probably not going to play, but it's the playoffs. I mean, if he's if he's even close, they'll get him in. Yeah. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, Joshua, uh, Josh Reynolds and Khalib Raymond also dealing with, uh, injuries. Although it looks like Tony might be back, but who cares? Um, <laughs> in fantasy, I don't know that we're going to be, uh, starting Kadarius, Tony anytime soon or ever. Uh, and of course at tight end, it's all about Mark Andrews. Uh, from what we've seen, Bob, it looks like he's on his way back, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, the big issue here is, you know, do they slow roll him in a little bit? Obviously, again, we're in conference championship time. The, everyone's going to play to the degree they can, but it kind of dilutes it and makes it hard for me to feel comfortable playing either Andrews or Isaiah Likely. Uh, you know, I thought last week I felt really good about Likely because yeah. there was no Andrews. This week I feel less good about Likely, but not 100% good about Andrews. So it, it just kind of they, they dilute each other at this point for me, just heading into the game, not knowing for sure what the roles will be. But Andrews is practicing fully. That's a good sign. I don't think we're, I don't think. We'll see a ton of these guys on the field at the same time. Somebody has to block, and neither of them do that much. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, if they're able to incorporate both of them. That's been kind of something that's been talked about. John Harbaugh, I think, mentioned it this week that, you know, likely isn't going away. We'll see how much he doesn't go away. Yeah, George Kittle uh, is my number one tight end for the week, even with for Travis sure. Kelsey. And you've got four really good ones. Uh, you've got Kelsey, Kittle, who, again, is my number one, uh, Laporta, and um, Mark Andrews, and then there's Isaiah Likely in there. So uh, pretty good, pretty good tight end group this weekend uh, for the conference championship games. And before we get into some of the wagering uh, trends that I've uh, unearthed for these two games, let's talk about Jen Piacenti's props. Uh, you can find her over at si.com/fantasy. She's the best in the business. Uh, she likes Lamar Jackson over 64 and a half rushing yards at minus 120. 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes over 25 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. And Travis Kelsey under five and a half catches at plus money at plus 116. Uh, for the Lions and the 49ers, I like this one. George Kittle over 59 and a <clears> half <throat> receiving yards at minus 114. Brandon Ayuk over five and a half receptions at plus 125. Mm. That's pretty good. Again, like we expect there to be no Debo. Uh, she also likes Ayuk over 79 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. And Jameer Gibbs over three and a half catches at mm. plus money at plus I th- 100. I think I would take all those plus money bets, except maybe not Kelsey. I might avoid that one. But uh, Brandon Ayuk and uh, Jameer Gibbs uh, both all in on those. All right. Let's get into some of the wagering trends, Bob, because, you know, people like to bet on football. I don't know if you knew that. Turns out. But they do. Don't tell they Al Michaels. Like, they have like these big casinos and stuff, you know, and people wager and that kind of thing. Uh, so let's start off. Chiefs at Ravens. As we record this podcast right now, the Chiefs are a three and a half point underdog and the over under is 44 and a half. Uh, to give you a, a few trends here because Bob knows I love me some trends. The Chiefs are two and two against the spread in four games against the Ravens with Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't give us much. All four of those games, though, went over the projected Vegas total. Interesting. The Chiefs have only been underdogs eight times in 50 regular season games in Patrick Mahomes' career. They are six, one, and one against the spread in those eight games. So take that for what you will. The Ravens are 17 and 23 against the spread as home game favorites with Lamar Jackson under center in the regular season. And they're one and two in a similar scenario against the spread in the playoffs. Any of these trends interest you, Bob? Maybe, right? Like I think the lions a little bit, you know, we'll get into, we'll get into the lions. Let's talk about chiefs Ravens first. No, I mean, I, I just, I think I'm throwing all the trends out. Uh, this is a standalone game. The Chiefs have kind of come on a little bit. I don't want to get too much. It's on the road. I, no, none of those trends interest me. Okay. Now we'll get into Lions, who are a seven-point dog. In Santa Clara against the 49ers, the over-under is 51. So that's a pretty high total. Interesting here, the Lions, and we talk about how Jared Goff isn't good on the road statistically, which is true. The Lions are 12 and 5 against the spread in their last 17 road games with Jared Goff under center, including 7 and 3 against the spread as road underdogs. Uh, eight of 17 games have gone over the total, so more have gone under. The 49ers, on the flip side, Bob Harris, are 11 and 7 against the spread in their last 18 home games with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, including 10 and 6 against the spread as home favorites. 12 of those 18 games have gone over the total. Bob Harris, what say I, you? I think that Lions trend interests me. I think we, we've we talked up how bad Goff is on the road, then these numbers tend to belie that, right? So I think that's interesting and maybe something you can gain a little leverage on. Do you think people are going to bet Detroit seeing that total at 12 and 5 against the spread? In 17 road games. I mean, that's a pretty good clip. And could that potentially push the total uh, in the Niners' direction? Maybe so. I hope so. I Because I think, look, look, I've picked the Niners in this game just straight up. 
but I think with some of these numbers, I'm liking more and more Detroit each passing day. Interesting stuff, man. I love these trends. Uh, they're always a lot of fun. Let's get into Stardom and Sidham, which, yes, there are, are still starts and sits, and you can find them over at si.com slash fantasy, and we're going to talk uh, some bargains at DFS. Now, there's not many options in DFS anymore, kids. Uh, you've only got two teams left, so there's not going to be this plethora of, whoa, this guy is really <laughs> priced very well, and that's that's someone that I want to target. So, Bob, let's get <clears throat> into it, though. First right. off, let's start off with the quarterbacks. And to me, the best quarterback play across the board is Brock Purdy. Why? Best matchup, and he's the third most expensive quarterback or the second cheapest at $6,400 6, on DK. Uh, Lamar Jackson, $7,700. Patrick Mahomes is $6,900. What do you think? Um, I love Purdy this week. I think that's the that's the key matchup. That's the one I'm going to be zeroed in on. I mean, you could have, you know, Lamar Jackson is fine. I think the, the key thing for DFS players is nobody should be off. You know, well, it's hard to take everybody completely off the board, but I do think they're, they're fadeable plays. But Brock Purdy is one I'll be locked in on with you. What are your thoughts on Mahomes this week? I mean, you know, he was he was okay last week. He had 18 yeah, points. Did exactly Road what we expected. Against right? Baltimore. Baltimore's tough. I mean, they have given up, you know, some good games at home, but not many. Right? I mean, they gave up a big one to Stafford, but they haven't given up a ton of big games at home. Uh, Mahomes is is expensive. It's $6,900. I mean, Lamar is the most expensive at $800 more than, than uh, Mahomes. Is Mahomes just somebody you're 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 not interested in DFS this week or in in fantasy leagues? Well, I think for the most part, I'm going to be I'm still waiting for ownership percentages on the daily for some, something really accurate. If if people are down on Mahomes, then maybe it's a semi contrarian tournament play. He's always has that possibility of turning into Patrick Mahomes and having a big game. Who knows? Maybe Marquez Valdez Scantling will show up and say, "Oh yeah, he did." So, like, I mean, anything is anything is possible at this point in time, and you're playing on such a narrow slate that I think, you you know, you can make a, it's perfectly defensible to get him in there. Um, but I think your point is well taken. It's not ideal. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff, not someone I want to play. Um, no. the, in nine road games this year, Goff has held the 16.5 or fewer points seven times. And he was held to fewer than 12 points four times. The Niners are giving up 16 and a half points per game to quarterbacks at home, including the playoffs. Goff is maybe help his team advance to the championship to the Super Bowl, but I don't know that statistically he's going to have much success. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you there, but, I, but it's worth noting. I think he had his most, his biggest passing, most prolific passing day, uh, at least yardage wise in Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers in week six. So, so it's not like he can't get the job done on the road. He just tends not to. Uh, at running back, are you paying up? Christian McCaffrey is $2,500 more expensive than the next best running back. And he's $1,100 more expensive than the best wide receiver. And that's a Monroe over at DK. Is McCaffrey a guy that's got to be in your lineup or yeah, are you going to try on, to save some money there? Depending on what you play, right? Like I think at any time in a tournament, you know, being contrarian is, is always a good idea. I think a lot of the field's going to be in on McCaffrey just, because a lot of fields going to be in, right? If you miss out on those points and everyone else is getting them, but you know, in a tournament setting that can be what sets you up for a big win. So uh, if you find the right path, I can see that's, the, that's the argument for not playing McCaffrey. Uh, the argument for playing McCaffrey is 
He's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is the next most, next most expensive running back. Um, if I could speak the English language at $6,500, uh, he's dealing with a toe, but he should be good to go. <laughs> I'm like a rapper, man. I'm a poet and didn't know it. Um, I like Pacheco this week. And I, I get, you know, you look at the Ravens defense, you're like, whoa, what are you talking about, Fabiano? But Pacheco has scored at least 15.8 points in all but one of his last six games. And as a touchdown in all of them, right? He is, he has become a touchdown machine. And Bob Harris, the Ravens defense has given up 31 points per game. The running backs in their last three games. And in those three games, including the playoffs, running backs have averaged five yards a carry. So this might not be a bad matchup for Pacheco. So I, right. I'm, I'm going to play Pacheco this week. What are your thoughts on the Niners uh, defense as it pertains to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery? Uh, Gibbs at $6,400, Montgomery at $5,600. I am fading Montgomery and playing Gibbs. What do you think? I think that is the approach. I mean, well, for, you know, I'm a big Gibbs stan, so that's going to pretty much always be the approach for me. But I think the receiving equity is something that Jen highlighted in her uh, – prop as you know that is a that looks like a good play i think that's that's exactly the approach i'm taking 49ers not always good against those kind of backs said aaron aaron jones uh what do you do uh, he's he had uh, over 100 yards rushing. right so so yeah i think this he caught all four of and gibbs caught all four of his targets last week for 40 yards playing against a pretty tough run defense uh but he had 74 yards on nine carries and a td so uh so it was a great game for him he'd be my play as well uh, the Baltimore running backs, I mean, any interest at all? Like, I mean, Justice Hill is 4800 bucks. Dalvin Cook is $42. Uh, <laughs> Ju- uh, Gus is 55 If If Not you made me play one, I, if you made me play one, it'd be Gus, right? I just, uh, but I think you're taking your chances with any of them. It's obvious. When you have a three-way split, a murky three-man committee, you're taking your chances. That mm-hmm. said, again, if you're playing at tournaments, there's something to be said for taking your chances. And Gus will always have that touchdown equity when they get near the goal line. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. I think the most obvious player um, besides Amon Ross St. Brown is Brandon Ayuk. And Ayuk has had a couple of stink bombs in a row. Um, Last week, he had 6.2 points. That was terrible. And the matchup was, you know, I mean, listen. Stephon Diggs would have traded for that, though. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. But with Debo banged up, I mean, he's a good spot. Detroit's allowed the sixth most fantasy points to perimeter receivers. We talked about the total being 51. Uh, Ayuk's going to be in lineups across the board. He's $6,900 on DraftKings. Uh, Bob, any other wide receivers that interest you on the lesser side of the scale uh, for people looking for a cheap option that might get into the end zone? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if I'm going to be taking chances, uh, Josh Reynolds might be somebody I look look at, had five catches for 80 yards in the first postseason game, and he's been slightly more involved in the passing attack. Uh, in recent weeks, uh, he's pl- really familiar with Jared Goff and uh, played almost every game with him in his career. Had a brief stint in Tennessee with him. Um, but uh, that's uh, Jaden Reed had four catches for 35 yards against the 49ers. And, uh, and the Packers receivers seem to be open more than I expected, or, or maybe maybe I should have expected it. But I think, you know, Reynolds is like a, a nice dart toss for me, a cheap dart toss. Yeah, I, I don't love... Any other Chiefs or Ravens receivers? I mean, Rasheed Rice has been very good. He had a bad game last week. But Baltimore is like, they're so good against wide receivers at M&T. You know, Nico Collins did not have a great game last week. They're so tough on wide receivers. So, And, and Rice is the fourth most expensive player on the board uh, at DK. 
But then you, you you flip that and you look at the Chiefs against perimeter receivers and they're tough too. So I don't know if I love Zay Flowers this week. Uh, oh, you know, or certainly Odell Beckham Jr. is way inconsistent. I guess if you want to go cheap, I mean, maybe Nelson Aguilar, but it's just not a lot to right, like. Dart tosses, right? These are, yeah, these are dart, dart toss players, right? Exactly. Now the tight ends. Bob loves him some tight ends, by the way. Travis Kelsey is the most expensive at $6,600. Uh, Jen already said she likes the under on his five and a half receiver props or receptions props. Um, Sam Laporte is $5,400. George Kittle's $53. To me, that's the best play. Uh, Mark Andrews is is $5,000. Uh, Bob, what do you like at tight end? What do you not like? I don't like the, as we mentioned, the Mark Andrews, Isaiah likely thing. They dilute each other. I think that's a big concern. I do. I too like Kittle. I think that's an easy play, right? Just to me. Um, so, so I'm going to probably go with that. Yeah. Kittle to me is, is the, with no Debo, right? right. <clears throat> uh, assuming there's no Debo and we don't know for sure yet. We don't know for sure yet. But the Lions have allowed the ninth most points of tight ends in the regular season. And Kittle has scored 16 plus mm-hmm. points in three of his last five games overall. So huge big play threat. His yards yeah. after the catch, he's third in the NFL in yards after the catch of the position. Deep balls are kind of his thing for in, 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 as far as tight ends go. So, uh, and big plays, uh, big, you know, explosive plays. So uh, I'm all about that, especially right. against Detroit deep. And, you know, when you say what tight ends should you sit, I mean, you know, Bob mentioned Andrews is likely to be back. So Isaiah, see what I did there, is I knew it was coming. It's likely to be on the bench. Come on, listen, but but they're smooth, man. Like, you know, I mean, like they just come Are on. they though? It's not. Come on, man. You got to give me some credit there, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Isaiah is likely to be on benches. That one was, yeah, that was too much. I went one, one too many there. So uh, let's... <laughs> Don't, hey, don't do that to a man, all right? Uh, that's not cool. Next up, let's talk about the uh, the games themselves, Bob, and what we think. We'll start off with Chiefs-Ravens. Uh, Chiefs, again, three-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Chiefs, 6-1-1 one one with Patrick Mahomes uh, in their offense and not some other curtain jerker during a meaningless Week 18 game. 6-1-1 one one against the spread as an underdog. What say you, Bob? Chiefs or Ravens? No, all the trends, as I mentioned before, are not. You don't that, care. You don't, I don't care. care. Okay. Here's the trend I care about: uh, the momentum. Lamar Jackson is dead set. <laughs> I mean, like, can one man carry a team on his shoulders? We're finding out, and we saw it. I think last week, the first sign of it with Lamar Jackson. Clearly, an MVP level season. I'm almost certain he will get it. It'll be. An outrage if he doesn't. Yes, I just said an yeah, outrage. And I don't get outraged about very many things. Um, yeah. so so I do I I'm putting all my chips on the Lamar Jackson side of this equation. Having a good defense on the other side of the ball helps things out a little bit. And uh he seems to be able to cobble it together with whatever is handed to him in terms of supporting cast. If Mark Andrews is really back, Lamar mentioned it this week. That's his big bro. He loves that guy. Yeah. Uh it's a huge target. When Mark Andrews is playing on the field and healthy. He looks like the best player on the field, not named Lamar Jackson almost every time. We'll see how that is with, you know, there's obviously some good players in Mahomes and Kelsey on the other side, uh, but he looks almost uncoverable when he's playing with Lamar Jackson and both are at full health. So uh, I like the, I like the Ravens in this one at home. I really don't want Kansas city to win. I have been saying on my Sirius XM show all year that the chiefs were not going back to the Super Bowl. I 
certainly would not surprise if they got to the AFC Championship game. But man, if you're a conspiracy theorist type, here we go. They're getting three and a half points. They're real good on the road against the spread with Mahomes under center. And the NFL. What's the color of the logo? What's the color of the logo for the Super Bowl? I think that's the only thing that matters. And the Chiefs are red. The Chiefs are red. There's only one purple, though. There's a couple of reds. San Francisco's <laughs> red, too. Come on. But the Chiefs are red. Yeah, if we're Lions doing conspiracy the theories, purple. that's the only one that matters, Matt. The, uh, the logo. Okay, all right. Um, damn it. I'm going to take the Chiefs plus the points, but I'll take the Ravens to win. Fair. I'm going to shoot for the moon. All right. Lions, Niners. The line has now moved to seven and a half, Bob. <clears throat> so, and this line opened at like six or six and a half. So it's now gone up, depending on where you're looking, a point or a point and a half. That means people are betting on San Francisco. I think I'm taking the Niners minus the seven and a half. I picked Niners Ravens at the beginning of this. Not I did both. Too. They're both one seeds. I did too. But so I'm going to take the Niners. I, I would love to see Detroit get there because I, to be honest with you, like, I hated the 49ers back in the 80s and the 90s as a Dallas Cowboys fan. And then there was a time where I didn't give a rat's ass about the Niners because they were kind of not really all that great. Uh, and they weren't, you know, a threat. Um, or the Cowboys just sucked and it didn't matter. But I kind of don't like the Niners anymore now because they keep kicking our ass. Uh, so I'm hoping the Lions, and I like the love of a loser's angle with the Lions. Uh, but I, <clears> I, I mean, I got the Niners, I'm going to take them to win. It would be a great story. I mean, like I too picked the Niners going into this, so I'd like them to win for that selfish reason. Uh, but the you know to see Lions fans you know finally get a little satisfaction, or I mean they've already had some, right? They're very excited. Um, and 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 I do think there's a little bit of momentum uh, on the Lions side of this. Uh, but then I keep telling myself, watch the Lions defense. The way Baker Mayfield tore them up last week. I mean, they were fortunate to win that game. Yes. Um, and Brock Purdy coming off a bad game. I think it's easy to forget how effective he's been for most of the season. You know, Debo could be a factor there, but they have plenty of high-end skill. Pieces. On the flip they- side, though, Bob Harris, the Niners were lucky to win that game last week. They too. were too. There's no doubt. That was a you know a Jordan Love making a bad read and 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 Brock Purdy not playing well. Except when it mattered the most, right? That final drive, the game-winning drive, mm-hmm. um, was super impressive. And so maybe he can build on that against a, a Lions defense that has literally laid down for opposing passives. Laid that, lay it down. Great song by Rat back in the '80s. Uh, Toss, what say you, pal? I think I'm. Uh, I'm going to ride with Bob and and his. His mindset here. I don't think we've seen the best of the 49ers. I think they knocked off the rust last week. And yep. I agree. I think of all of the phases that are left in the conference championships, um, Detroit's defense looks to be the most vulnerable unit. So yep. I, I like, I think it was in the first half of that game against the, the Buccaneers, Rashad White was averaging six yards per carry. Um, McCaffrey's going to double that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he might. He's really might. I it think is, they'll have their hands crazy too because Detroit's so good against the run. Like that's their, you know, that's their bread and butter defensively. They can't stop the pass, but boy, they stop the run. But White had a pretty good game last week overall. Yeah. Um, the touchdown that never should have been uh, carried him from a fantasy perspective. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. All right. So I, I, are we all going Ravens Niners? Like for the. I think we're all eating the chalk. The red and the purple. We're all taking the chalk here. Yep. 
Okay. All right. Um, real quick, I've been doing a little bit of research because Bob Harris knows I love history. He knows I love history and NFL history. Uh, before we let all you good folks go here, uh, listening to the Believe Fantasy Football Show, and uh, we always thank you for that. So let's look back at every conference championship game since 2013, Bob. In the AFC, we had a one and a two, the one one. In 2014, we had a one and a four, the one one. In 2015, we had a one and a two, the one one. Going to keep saying that. In 2016, we had a one and a three, the one one. In 2018, we had a two and a one, the two one. That was the Patriots. The following year, 2019, we had a one and a six. You remember the Titans and that run they made with Derrick Henry? The one, one. 2020, one and a two, Chiefs and Bills. Chiefs won. That's the one. Then the following year was a four to two, Bengals and Chiefs in the four, one. And then last year, it was the Chiefs and the Bengals in the one, one. So in the AFC, a lot of ones. A lot of ones. NFC, not as much, but still a lot of ones. 2013. One against five, ones, one. I'm getting confused. 2014, <laughs> one against the two, the one, one. 2015, one against the two, the one, one. 2016, a two against a four, the two, one. That was Atlanta before they blew that lead against the Patriots. 2017, one and a two, the one, one. 2018, one against the two, the two, one. Rams over Saints, 2019, one and a two, the one, one. Then 2020, five and a one. Remember that, Buccaneers? They were a crazy good five seed with Tom Brady. Yep. They beat the Packers, and they went to the Super Bowl and won it. 2021, four over a six. Rams and Niners. And then last year was a one and a two, and we remember everybody on the Niners got hurt, and the Eagles won. So... In the AFC, the one is dominated since 2013 in conference championship games. Dominated. In fact, there's only been two non-one seeds that have won. How many times can you say one in the same three-minute span? I think you've proven a lot. In the NFC, I've broken the record. Call, the, call Guinness, not the beer company. In the NFC, six times the one has won in the conference championship uh, and then the other four was two twos, a four, and a five. Just wanted to, you know, give people a little information that they need to know, Bob Harris, because I like that kind of stuff. And we like you for listening to the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online. Everybody out there, good luck. Uh, be thankful you're not a fan of the Dallas Cowboys like me and Toss. Uh, even yeah. if you like a team that didn't make the playoffs, still have hope. We've got McCarthy one more year. So we're not going anywhere uh, for, <laughs> for the great Bob Harris, the hall of famer, the man, the myth, the legend, you know, he's like 83 years old. Look at how good he looks. Be a fan Look of nobody. Up. People like it's much easier on you, man. I am fabs for toss behind the virtual glass. We will see you guys next week when we'll break down what's going on with the super bowl. Uh, 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 uh.